hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to episode 41 of Ours is the Fury, today with Ryan. Hello. And Tim. Hello. And myself. And we tied again, 0-0 against Jacksonville Armada. How do you guys feel about that? It's a point. It's a point away from home, yes. I think a road point's a good result, and um... When I first heard the score without seeing the game, I was like, oh, no. But after seeing the game, it actually wasn't that bad. It was pretty good, uh, pretty good play on the road by them. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Um, how, many goals, how many minutes is that without conceding a goal, Blocksmith? 436. That's a pretty good number. And how many minutes <laughs> without scoring one, I don't know. But we scored one goal in the last, how many matches was it? Three. Yeah, <laughs> and before that we haven't scored many, but uh, yeah, let's get in the lineup. Uh, we had uh, Trafford uh, on the left, Falvey and Alves as usual, our center backs, and Ryan Richter on the right, Pizer in goal, of course, and then Patterson got a start again next to De Guzman and Ubi, Parapovic, and we had Wiedemann up top, and Paulo Jr. on the right wing, and Haworth on the left wing. Um, and we, we played much more defensively, I would say, than, than normally. Like, we're playing the counter. Probably due to the conditions. It was 95 Fahrenheit. I, I was told by another American that, that that's quite hot. Yeah, it's probably around 100 <laughs> yeah. Celsius, so it's pretty hot. Yeah, I, yeah, they definitely played the counter, but counter's not really our game. We don't really have a very good counter we don't really have offense. the speed to counter. Right? We do the defensive side of that really well. Mm-hmm. The offensive side, uh, it, there wasn't much happening. There was just a few chances. But the defensive side, that is encouraging that we can stop so many attacks and that we win the ball back so often. But yeah, like going forward, we really didn't do much. I think Elvis was our biggest threat in the Jacksonville box, if that tells you. <laughs> After a corner. <laughs> yeah. Although I did think that we botched quite a few corners. I wish we could utilize them a little bit more. Yeah, actually set pieces in general. We've never been a strong team on set pieces. And it'd be great to see, uh, you know, some goals. Well, there's, Nikki had a great goal on a set piece. But besides that, uh, this year there hasn't been much for goals off set pieces. Yeah, and Nikki's goal was kind of an own goal because it deflected out of a defender's header. But we'll, we'll give it to him. Uh, yeah, it started off pretty well, though, because Wiedemann had a huge chance two minutes in. Tim, can you describe that scene to us? Uh, yeah, uh, Ubi made this really nice pass to him inside the box, and he just kind of flubbed it. <laughs> it. It almost went in. But the thing that kind of bothered me about that was, like, his reaction to missing was like, oh, well, I missed again. Oh, what? <laughs> he wasn't just, like, just, he wasn't, you know disturbed about it he wasn't like really angry he wasn't upset he was just like oh, oh well do you want to see him like kick the goalpost <laughs> maybe some hands in the air or <laughs> some some more emotion but coming. yeah it was just like oh i missed yeah yeah there's a lot of chances um there's there was another one right just a few minutes later in the eighth eighth minute oh yeah when harvard's uh shot was blocked uh, if, if he had clicked a little bit faster that that it could have been dangerous. 
And uh, let's not forget Jacksonville. Armada also had quite a few chances. Uh, Pizer uh, kept us in the game as he so often does. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Million? Pascal Million? He was everywhere. He was like their most dangerous player. Yeah, and Flores. Yeah, Flores, they work well together up top there. But Million was, uh, he was taking the most shots. There was one that was blocked twice by two Fury players. There's one that Pizer came out off his line and like got right in front of. Thank goodness he did. Yeah, and Rodriguez also looked quite dangerous up there. Um, yeah. I had I was going to ask you guys if you read anything or saw anything. Uh, Paulo Jr. got a yellow. I, I believe it was around the 24th minute. Um, do you know what that was about? Because it wasn't caught on TV. Then. No. I remember seeing that. And it was just like... It was Richter was running up the sideline with the ball and it just stopped. Yeah, play just stopped and Paulo Jr. got yeah. a yellow. And I was like, what? What happened there? Yeah. And some shenanigans behind, behind the camera. Yeah. No, I totally missed that, to be honest. If you know, tweet us, at Ottawa Fury. We want to know why that yellow happened. So, Paulo, if you're listening, tweet us. <laughs> is he even on Twitter? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's very active on the Instagrams. All the cool kids are on Instagram, John. Come on. He likes his emojis. I gotta get an account soon. Yep. But yeah, it was a, you know, it was a point. I think it was a, a, a decent like away game like they're just kind of playing defense and making them come at them kind of took the crowd out of it yeah we had the height advantage in the box right yeah that's why I was disappointed that uh, the Elvis header didn't go in one touched crossbar I think I didn't go in uh, off the corner kick and that was late in the first half mm. and Yamada, Yamada put out one off the post yeah which I didn't see because it was after the 53rd minute yeah, so the game the game is up on YouTube, and uh, so we always watch it to review and stuff, but this week it's only the first 53 minutes of the game. Yeah. So I was thinking, did you guys want to imagine what happened in the rest of the game? Maybe do a play-by-play? Sure, there were 10 disallowed goals for the auto theory. <laughs> Those damn American rocks! <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Yeah, but what actually did happen was uh, the subs came pretty late this game, which usually indicates that uh, Dos Santos is happy with the players currently on the pitch. Um, Paul Trinieri was subbed on the 69th minute for Paulo Jr., possibly uh, because he was on the yellow. And then Becky came in for Patterson in the 81st minute, whereas uh, Eustachio came on in the 90th minute for Ubi. Um, for such a hot day, you would have thought maybe the subs would come sooner, but uh, they didn't. Yeah. I mean, looking at the subs, you could definitely see what they wanted out of this game. Like Becky, Eustachio, maybe not so Paul, Paul Trinieri, but you could definitely tell with the subs that they just wanted to hold on to that point. Yeah, that point on the road. Yeah. Absolutely. Even Paul Trinieri is more defensive-minded than, than Paulo Jr. is. Yeah, it's funny that Becky's speaking of yellow cards. He's really collecting them. Uh, he, I don't think he got one this game, but it, no. not in the first fifty-three minutes anyway. Um, I believe he did get one. Oh, no, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't get one this game. The, the only other yellow card for a Fury player was oh. Andrew Wiedemann in the ninetieth minute. Oh, okay, he's sitting on four yellows right now, so he has to be careful, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's actually our most. Uh, he has the most cards for uh, for 
for our players. Which you wouldn't think. He's such a nice guy. Mm. You know, you see him on the street, friendly. But on the pitch... Yeah. Might... Well, he has a good initiative going. Um... Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah, Ryan, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew Becky's uh He's doing an initiative. It's uh, it's something that actually I I thought was pretty special, and it actually would have benefited me a few years ago as well. It's it's for people who uh, who lost a parent or a loved one, and it's called the Wings Program. And what it is, it's just kind of a support group. It sounds like, and uh, the Ottawa Fury have it up on their webpage. Uh, if you're if you're interested in looking into it, I would, I'd check it out. It looks like a really good initiative. It's the kind of thing the Fury are doing in the community. I don't know if you have anything to add to that or. No. No, uh, it's just always great when a, when the player uses the spotlight that they have for good initiatives such as this one, and uh, yeah, keep it up, Becky. Good stuff. A fan favorite, and it's just getting more more popular. Yeah, uh, in terms of the game itself, we should mention that Wiedemann could have won the game for us, uh, at least according to the highlights. He had a huge chance, where he just sort of like finished it in a very lackluster way and i think he thought he was offside because like he just doesn't have any composure there and he just sort of like shoots it and then isn't even like upset at all that he missed it if it's the same chance that i remember seeing he shot it right at the keeper yeah yeah same one and yeah it didn't look good but not seeing the whole game it's hard to say what was going on there yeah well, overall, we're, we can be pretty happy with that 0-0 because uh, Jacksonville Armada played pretty well. They were moving the ball around well. And we're playing away from home, very hot conditions. And as the commentators like to point out, we're from a very cold place. <laughs> and we're not used to sunshine. The, the best was he said, well, the teams in southern Canada get a little bit of a jump on the teams from northern Canada. <laughs> No, the teams close to the border is what he said. Get a little bit of a jump on the other teams in Canada for their season and conditioning. All all the teams in Canada are very close to the border. Actually, almost all of Canada <laughs> lives along the border. So uh, I've been to southern Canada once. It's like <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, another highlight were the Vuvuzelas in the crowd. No, that was it. Was like those like football horns. Were they not like American football horns? Okay, fine. Yeah, they look like vuvuzelas. I have a vuvuzela. If you want to hear it on the show, uh, maybe next time, Ryan. Okay, you just let me know. It's right behind you. <laughs> I did notice the crowd singing uh, "Hey Nikki, you're so fine." <laughs> yeah, what was up with that? I don't know. They must have heard that before and were mocking us or something. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> or maybe there's fans there or maybe they're singing to a different song to a different yeah player. maybe they have the same song for one of their own players yeah I kind of like the stadium in Jacksonville I, I know it's it's kind of shitty like but it's it's a, it's a baseball yeah but there's some nice touches like for example there was one corner where there's just like this lawn behind it and everyone was like just chilling and having a picnic yeah everyone's just lounging <laughs> yeah. yeah I thought it was kind of neat yeah, yeah, it was kind of a cool little. They have a huge back stand, and that was pretty full. And that section nine hundred four behind the nets was really close, and and yeah, we had a nice hill there. People were just like having a picnic. Their SGs didn't live up to their online image though, like the supporters group in no. Jacksonville. They're very like thumbs up to the camera, and it's kind of sparse and not a lot of energy. I think. 
Section W has more people in it than oh, yeah. you guys did. Yeah, I think so too. And like obviously Indy's leading the league and Minnesota's up there too. And New York has some amazing SGs, but like I don't know, it's kinda of disappointed what I saw on TV. Well they're a brand new team, give them some time. No, we gotta be perfect day one, <laughs> just like we were. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah. But overall good result. Road road win. No, road Yeah, tie, I would rather point. have tied 1-1 or 2-2 just because it would have given me the confidence that we are able to score. <laughs> but uh, maybe against San Antonio. Hey, I, I think it's possible to get a result in San Antonio. I, I don't know if Tim would agree, but it's something... Before you answer, Tim, we'll take a break and we'll preview it later on. to the Hours of the Fury podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Welcome back, guys. So let's talk a little bit about the different news around the league. Um, the biggest one for me was that Omar Jaroon has retired from professional football. Um, he is a center back that played for us last year. He has Palestinian roots and uh, U.S. citizenship. He's played for the Palestine national team quite a bit. Atlanta Silverbacks. I believe he played for Tampa as well. Yeah, he has a sub- substantial NASL history. He was a great striker. He was like six foot five, really strong. Um, I thought he still had a lot left in him, and it was kind of odd his choice where he um, went to after the Fury. He went to some uh, team in India, and that's not the Indian Super League, but like the crappy league. And now all of a sudden he's retired. Yeah, I did, I did see a, a highlight package of his last game, and he did he did score. And as he was scoring, he kind of ran into the keeper and got injured. So I don't know if that maybe played a part. Maybe it was a really bad injury, or maybe he just said fuck it, I don't want to be injured anymore. Yeah, it's it's sad to see a player like um, retire when um, maybe he has a couple more years, and the injury does that. If it is an injury. Um, he was he was one of our most aggressive players. Really, really solid defender. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed watching him play. Like, you knew like if someone was coming down and Jeroen was defending, that they would probably either end up on the ground when they weren't getting that shot off. Like, it was really great to see him. Yeah, and he was also quite dangerous going forward. Uh, he scored one really nice header from a corner. Or, I can't remember if it was a corner or if it was a which is a long ball, but uh, he was definitely dangerous up there. Um, so we wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, have luck for the rest of his future endeavors and so on. And another really good center back uh, who currently plays for the Fury, Rafael Alves, was named into the NASL Team of the Week. Fully deserved. Yeah, completely agree. He should be in there, like, basically every week. Yeah, he's a... Uh, he's a... Solid defender. His height was just... He just dominated, like, offensively and defensively last game. So, good yeah, it's kind of It's kind of somewhat kind of unfortunate that the team of the weeks are just basically based on goals and clean sheets. And that's pretty much it. Like, you'll take the teams with the clean sheets and put the defenders on. <laughs> yeah, not the guy with the perfect passing. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. And then if you score and you're a midfielder, you'll probably get it on there. <laughs> but it's a nice... It's nice to have. It's nice for him to... Yeah, I think he's probably been, I would say, probably the best player the Furies uh, played so far this, this spring. Yeah, for sure. And then 
Another uh, highlight of the week was that Federico Liel, who plays for the Junior Academy team of the Ottawa Fury, he scored from halftime. From halftime? Well, oh. like, like in the dressing room. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he scored from midway uh, of the field, uh, <laughs> from the half line. Right off the kickoff. Right from the kickoff, exactly. There's a video that uh, you can see on the official Ottawa Fury Twitter feed. Go watch it. It's pretty entertaining. Although they don't really um, show the ball hitting the net, but they show everyone celebrating. So if we assume it went in. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that they went and celebrated in the far end of the pitch in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Like they were all still in their own half. Like yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought the same thing when I watched it. Um, our next opponent, uh, San Antonio Scorpions, have announced that they'll be playing an international friendly against Costa Rican club. Cartaginis, um, who are apparently a big club in Costa Rica, uh, which made me wonder, do you think we're going to see a friendly this year? No, it'd be announced already. Yeah, it's probably too much going on with the Women's World Cup and, and tough to fit it in. Yeah, especially, I think, uh, the fall season is kind of uh, squished in a bit. There's not going to be any buys. There's going to be Wednesday night matches, so there's football will be on. Yeah, I think there's about three or four weeks where the Fury will be playing Wednesday nights and the weekends. So yeah, there's really no time to fit it in. I'm just curious. I just wanted to ask you guys if, like, and this has to be realistic. You can't say Barcelona or anything, but say we could get whatever uh, friendly we wanted to get, like in the middle of the fall season during our bye week or whatever. Um, who would you like to see? Maybe an MLS team, like LA Galaxy, or, uh, yeah, even a, a Canadian MLS team would be nice since we never meet them in the Voyager's Cup. Toronto FC would be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd like to see like a, like a mid to lower Premier League team, like a, like a West Ham or a QPR. Oh, wow. Okay, and, and have them play the Fury, not another Premier team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was... That could get ugly. (laughs) And, like, I was thinking, like, something like an A-League, like, Australian League team, or maybe, like, a team from South Korea or something. And I know, like, the Fury would probably get beat, but it'd be nice to see where the NASL is uh, compared to, like, uh, you know, someone like the Wellington Phoenix or something who's not necessarily the best team in the Australian League, even. Probably because they're not from Australia and they're playing in a foreign league. But yeah, interesting fact. Yeah, but probably wouldn't be a big gate. But it'd be nice to see where, you know. I think this Costa Rican thing is a good thing for San Antonio. Yeah, and there's yeah. lots of Latin Americans out there, so I'm it'd sure be, they uh, can it'd be interesting it. next year. I mean, last year we didn't move in until July. This year we have the Women's World Cup, but next year we have, you know, depending on when the NASL break's going to be, probably three weeks to a month. Of no soccer, do, do we fit in a couple of those games? Do we get like a couple teams to play each other? Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be it'd be interesting to get get something. Cause it'd be, I think it, I think it hurt the Fury not playing games and during the break last year. They came out really flat. Yeah, but I think if they had a game or two, like if, even if it's just a kind of friendly be uh, super helpful and get people out to the stadium. Yeah. Um, The New York Cosmos also had a friendly last week. Uh, They went to Cuba to play the Cuban national team. So they beat them 4-1 in Havana. 
Um, I think there's actually a really great initiative. It's one of those soccer politics, you know, you know, where, you know, some boundaries can be um, uh, overcome. And I think it was great that they did that. I mean, it probably didn't have that much sporting value, but it's a great story. So there's no Havana expansion team next year? Some of us NASL freaks seem to think so. Not me, not me. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a great little story. And um, it, it brought a lot of attention to the NASL worldwide. I saw this story all over the news, like in German newspapers as well and so on. Yeah, Stu was actually reporting that he saw it in the Rolling Stone, too. There's a story. So that's, that's some positive uh, coverage. Absolutely. Not so positive is that lawsuit that the NASL is uh, having against uh, the OKC owners. So that was a team that was supposed to um, join the NASL, but they ended up going to USL Pro. Is that right? Uh, I believe they joined a partnership with uh, USL owners and the OKC Energy. So, yeah, there was a claim. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but it was filed in New York State Court. And uh, they're suing them for $2 million. Yeah. So... Hopefully they'll win, because if they lose, we're screwed. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure they'll... I don't think it's like Canadian law where you have to pay the amount you sue the person for. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so OKC is dead. Okay. OKC... Yeah, if you didn't believe it before, now they're officially dead. Yeah. They're, they can go up there with Virginia. We can make, like, a league of fake NASL franchises. Okay. You get on that, Ryan. Yeah, Virginia, <laughs> OKC, Chicago. Um, and then we have news coming out of Milwaukee, some kind of town hall meeting, Ryan. What's this exactly? Uh, they're looking to see if the Milwaukee Barons are going to make the jump to NESL so they don't have a vote. See if they don't put some public money behind it or if the team's going to pay for the stadium themselves. Or uh, It'll be interesting. Milwaukee would be a good replacement for Minnesota, stay in that part of the country. Um, if a team does eventually happen in Chicago, there'd be a great rivalry there. So, what uh, what league do they play in now? I believe they're in PSL. I'm not. I have to double check that, but yeah, I believe they're in PSL. It's a big market. Like it's a it's a very good secondary market. Yeah, it's the Rochester of uh, Wisconsin for sure. And uh, we also have some breaking news. Just reading this on Twitter right now that uh, NASL's best player Miguel Ibarra has officially uh, gone to an, a Liga MX team, and that is Leon. It's official now? Yeah, he's already retweeted it on its on his own Twitter feed. So, so congratulations to the New York Cosmos for being the champions this year <laughs> of the NASL. Yeah, so interesting question. What, what do you think, uh, who do you think is the best player in the league now with Ibarra gone? Ooh. I'm not let Tim answer that one first. Uh, I believe I've said this a few times. I think Lance Lang is. What about Ramirez? I think he takes a hit now that Ibarra's gone. Yeah. I think Lance Lang, I, you know, maybe on paper, like, Ramirez is a better player, but I think Lance Lang, on form right now, is probably the best player. He can, Lance Lang's definitely the best player for putting in goals. FC Edmonton, he is FC Edmonton right now. Yeah, I saw he scored again, but we'll get to that. Yeah, um, yeah, I was gonna say Ramirez, but I don't know. I have my favorites. I, I'm not a, 
Like the best player in the league. I'd go with Raul. I know it's a safe thing. I would. He's he may, after this year, definitely not Raul. He might be might be playing with a cane or something. But yeah, go with Raul. Uh, speaking year. of a New York Cosmos, uh, Senna has announced that he'll retire at the end of the year. Oh wow! So when the New York Cosmos come to Ottawa this year, it'll be the last chance to see Senna. Yeah, it's about time for him. I think he's just done. Yeah, and hopefully he'll play on our team. He did not play like the Lansdowne opener, correct? No. No, he did not. That's okay. no. weird. I've never seen him in Ottawa. No. no. And I just question if he'd play on our turf, but he plays on New York's turf all the time. So. <laughs> but apparently uh, the turf at TD Bank is particularly bad. I saw a lot of people complain about it after that Women's World Cup opener day. Really, like everyone. Yeah. I, I I have never I never knew that this one's considered did, so did, bad. Do they read Time magazine and say that's the thing to complain about for this World Cup? Or? Possibly, it's just the people jumping on the bandwagon against uh, artificial turf. I don't know. The ball does move a little funny. Uh, I find the Ottawa one not as bad as Vancouver. I saw some bounces in Vancouver. I was wondering what the heck's underneath that turf. But, yeah. All right, so let's take a look at uh, what the other scores were in the league this weekend. Ooh, I can do that if you want. I got sure. them all in front of me. So uh, San Antonio went into Atlanta and got three points. They won one nil. Uh, it says the attendance was 5,000. That's amazing that they got an even number like that. But uh, <laughs> Omar Cummings, uh, who's a guy we'll have to watch for next week, he's, uh, he got the only goal for San Antonio. Uh, Minnesota went into Carolina. And so we should talk about Carolina's situation after, too. Is a 1-1 draw in front of 4,800 people. And uh, Indy went into Fort Lauderdale. Okay, we saw Indy last week, right? And how mm -hmm. pathetic they were. They got two goals on the road in, against Fort Lauderdale. So anything's possible. If Indy can score two goals on the road... Who fired their coach? Yeah, yeah they fired their coach. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah so that was in front of 5,000 people... Uh, yeah, so in Indy's goal scorer, it was the same guy as uh, Pinetta. Got both goals, so. And uh, Edmonton lost. Well, we feel terrible about that, eh? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so Tampa went into, or Edmonton went into Tampa, and they lost 2-1 in front of 4,900 people. Uh, Shriver, who uh, was, was, I was thinking of saying, might be one of the better players in the league, but he's so unknown outside of the NASL. And uh, he got a goal, and of course Lang got a goal. Yeah, so. I saw I saw a few a bit of the game. I saw the lads Lang free kick goal was really nice, but the first goal that Edmonton gave up was so bad. But whatever. Does Edmonton, who cares? Wasn't there a player from Edmonton called up to Canadian national team as a replacement? Yes. Uh, the keeper, right? No, no, it was a it was a fullback. Oh yeah, was it James? No, it wasn't James, but. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it worried me because I'm thinking Edmonton defense, national like that's like the last place you want to go for looking for defenders right now. Yeah, I but I was thinking of their their keeper was named to the preliminary roster for the Gold Cup Canadian team. Okay, one of their defenders is called in as a replacement too. Um, what's going on in Edmonton? Is it is it the style they play? Are they not organized? Are they being too aggressive on the attack and leaving holes? Like, like, Tim, you watch all their games, right? I try to. Um, it's hard to pinpoint. It's the same defense they've had. Like, Freiburg, like Eddie Edwards and uh, Albert Watson and all those guys. But, yeah, I guess they're, instead of kind of playing back like the Fury did this weekend, 
they're just going all out. Like yeah. Niasi was kind of the big pickup. Uh, that he plays like the opposite wing of Lance Lang. So, do they play a high line? Uh, I'd say average. Oh, okay. But yeah, maybe it's just defense is getting a bit older. Uh, Van Oko might not have been an upgrade over Smith, which oh. Smith is now a full time starter. So oh, yeah. maybe it normalizes a little bit, but. Yeah. So um, FC Edmonton is gonna play at Indy. Ooh. Next week, so that should be interesting. So battle of the bottom, really. Yeah. Well, hopefully they steal some points from each other. A draw would be good for us. Um, let's actually have a look at the table. Uh, I think I guess New York Cosmos still aren't officially. Oh, they are. Well, well not officially. Not officially, but they really have to. <laughs> they have to lose by six goals or something. Their goal differential, yeah, their goal differential is six higher than Tampa's. And then Jacksonville has to, like, destroy, yeah, J Jacksonville's the one who has to destroy them. Yeah. Um, In so New York. <laughs> so, like I said, let's just crown them spring champions now. And, and get on with it, yeah. So Ottawa Fury have ten points, and the last place team, okay, we're in eighth, and the last team uh, is Atlanta Silverbacks with eight points. So if everything goes horribly wrong, we lose and everybody below us wins, we could potentially um, still get last. If everything goes our way, uh, we could go all the way to fifth place because uh, Jacksonville is currently in fifth and they have 11 points. So it's it's really freaking tight. Well, and goal differential too, it's all tight too. Like we're minus three. Edmonton's one point behind us and goal-wise are minus three. Fort Lauderdale's minus two and two points behind us. And Atlanta's two points behind us in minus three. So, yeah, it doesn't get much tighter than that. Yeah, I wish the NASL had, like, a similar cast, you know, where, like, all the games are at once and you can watch a stream. And Yeah, similar to the NHL or any any modern sports league in the world. <laughs> yeah, because that'll, that'll be an interesting battle at the end there. Yeah, where, where I'm from, we have a summer baseball league. And it's just college kids that play in the summer league in uh, Western Canada. And those games are streamed online, like perfect quality. <laughs> oh, don't remind us. <laughs> like 200 people show up to those games. Oh, yeah. Like I was saying, I was watching the Amazon game. It was terrible. The resolution was awful. It, the, the center line would kind of zigzag if it moved too fast. Do you, you try the V-hold? You, you could see the mouse cursor in the middle of the, the screen. What is going on? It was so terrible. I mean, with you know with the NASL going to the states on ESPN uh, three, so, yeah, ESPN three, yeah, and like TSN goes drop pretty much drop the ball is pretty much not on there anymore. So there's a huge difference between uh, what the Canadian clubs mm -hmm. get for broadcasting, and then someone like Jacksonville, San Antonio, uh, somebody on ABC in San Antonio, the Fury game next week, so. It's on ABC? It's always on ABC in San Antonio, yeah. So I can watch that? No. Well, you could you could get a feed off ABC in the States, okay. use a VPN or something. Um, well, one event that is getting some great TV coverage, actually every game will be on TV, is the Women's World Cup. And uh, Ryan and Tim were at the game, uh, Germany against Ivory Coast, and uh, what was the other one? Norway, Thailand. Norway, Thailand. 4-0 for Norway and then 10-0 for Germany over Ivory Coast. I missed that first one, but what was it like to be at TD Place or Lansdowne Park during a World Cup game? 
Well, I, I, it was weird sitting down for a soccer game. Yeah. That was weird. But the Thai fans were going crazy, and they're all standing up. Good for them. Um, I, I don't know. It's cool to see a lot of people there for for soccer. Yeah, over twenty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, in, in retrospect, I guess the attendance quite good uh, because Moncton and Montreal and Vancouver didn't really pull that many people. Yeah, Moncton's to be expected. Uh, I totally, completely understand that. If you ever been to that city and soccer's not very popular in that city and it's a very small, small city. Yeah, but then again, there's nothing to do there. So like, you'd think that something like this would draw a lot of people. Well, say there's nothing to do in Trois-Rivières and then you put the World Lacrosse Championships and they don't care about lacrosse. <laughs> this is true. And also, the, the game in Ottawa was on a Sunday that probably helped um, because some of these games are like at 2 o'clock on a weekday, so yeah, people aren't going to take a whole day off. Yeah, it was good. Like, some people are complaining about having like not being able to leave the stadium and come back, but... What do you you can't you can't have people leaving the stadium and come back like it'd just be a nightmare. One thing they could have done maybe is maybe move the games further apart and sold the tickets separately. So when you buy yeah, but then you'd have to get everyone to leave the stadium before you can let people back in. Yeah, so move the games apart. So just suck it up. These tickets aren't expensive. You can afford a ten dollar hot dog once in your life. You know. (laughs) Sit down, play on your phone for twenty minutes. During games, whatever. It takes you like an hour and a half to go to the washroom in between games, so that. <laughs> well, I do like the, the seating. I do like the north side. The north side's a lot more atmosphery. Well, we can go to the north side from now on, Blocksmith, if that's what you want. It's always available for us. Also, it's nice higher. Yeah, it was actually a lot of sound coming off the roof on the north end. Mm-hmm. So it's the first time I've ever been to the north end for Red Blacks, Fury, anything. And when you yell on the on the north end, it really like it really goes. So and it's a lot of noise, a lot of drums from the Thai fans that were sounded pretty cool coming off that roof. Um, we did have a question uh, this week from Martin Burt, who's uh, at ovtc6 on Twitter, and he wants to know if the uh, women's World Cup games in Ottawa will lead to bigger crowds at Ottawa Fury FC games. And how the Fury can um, use the Women's World Cup given FIFA controls on advertising. We're hoping that it has an effect, but I'm a little bit uh, pessimistic about that. Like, I don't think that Thai fans and Ivory Coast fans that are coming in to support their countries necessarily are all of a sudden interested in a local men's soccer team that plays week in and week out. Yeah, but they weren't the majority of the fans there. I think the majority were just local people. And, like, that... that didn't come from travel from Toronto or Montreal. No, I think there was a lot of local people there. Um, I think we'll see a bump in attendance, and it's up to the Fury to make that bump sustain. Yeah, I can see a, I can see a bump. I can see an event that's finally bringing people out to watch soccer, and people go, "Wow, this is actually what soccer looks like live," instead of watching it on TV all the time. So where can I next watch soccer? And the Fury starts back up July 5th. Yeah, and the stadium sort of sells itself, right? Like mm-hmm. having a, lots of people in there, it's always a good time. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. There's people, uh, our friend Sam, who's from Kingston, he's been working out of Toronto, but he's from Kingston. He came down, he, he, just, he was just saying online about how beautiful the stadium was and the views and the whole thing. So it's, if you haven't had a chance to uh, check out the stadium, this World Cup would be, there's still some tickets to get. Or if you come down, there's usually a way to get tickets to get inside. 
Um, it's worth checking out. Um, yeah, we did ask our listeners this week uh, with the Women's World Cup here in town, how many matches do you plan on attending? And uh, we did ask this question sort of last minute, so we have uh, just two responses this week. Uh, one is from Andrew McVicker, who's at Drew in Ottawa. He says one or two matches. And then Theo Gauthier, who's at Mimglo, says, I have my passport tickets for everyone except the one that overlaps with the Canadian Women's National Team games, plus a match in Montreal. Um, so yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, remember we're on Twitter at Ottawa Fury, or you can reach us via our Facebook group, um, and we have an email account, ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it's, it was good, like, that, that's how I got really hooked on live soccer, it was the U20 World Cup, I went and saw Canada play in Edmonton, and that was like the first, like, real big soccer event. Before that, it was like 4,000 people at Swangard I saw, you know? So, and then going to a big event like that, that really changed soccer for me. Like, it really became exciting. So, unlike you, John, who was, you were at the other World Cup just, yeah. just last year, right? I actually just applied for a Euro 2016 final tickets. <laughs> wow, you're, you're really ahead. Yeah. Well, open today. Yeah. Where is it taking place? France. Paris, France. France. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, got, got one for me too, right? Yeah, you're the second ticket. Okay, yeah. thanks. But, yeah, romantic uh, get-together in Paris. Anyway, uh, on that note, uh, let's take a break, and uh, then we'll preview the game against San Antonio. You're listening to Ours is the Fury, your number one source for all things Ottawa Fury FC. Well, thanks, Kendra. Oh, speaking of Kendra, she's not with us because she didn't pass away. (laughs) (laughs) But she's working hard. Um, I don't know if you've seen her pizza. She's working hard for Copa 90. So if you check out copa90.com, the Women's World Cup pizzas, everything that's Ottawa-based, that's her. So, yeah, she's been working hard. So look out for those articles. There's uh, some good ones coming down the pipe. For sure. So in the next, in the last game of the spring season, we're going to play another away match against the San Antonio Scorpions. Um, what do we know about them? Uh, I know that they've gotten a lot better towards the end of the spring season than they were at the beginning. They had an awful start. Adrian Ken is back. Yeah. Uh, they like to sting. <laughs> they play. They play a Toyota Field. Now, so the Scorpions have been improving, um, but they did lose to Indy, right? Yep. So there is some uh, some work that needs to be done there. Uh, Cummings is dangerous for them. They have, they have a good back line. Uh, Julius James, too. So anything is possible. I truly believe that this is a game we can get three points out of. Um, the heat in San Antonio is going to be a thing, so maybe we'll do that counter. But if we do that counter, we got to mix it up a bit. Um, one thing I'm a little bit worried about is I don't think uh, De Guzman will be with the team next week because of the Canadian national team call-up. So we'll be losing that strength in the midfield. But otherwise, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a, a winnable game in San Antonio. What yeah. do you think? Well, I mean, we've always played San Antonio pretty tightly. I remember... Kind of one of the, the most crushing moments of last year was when we were up 2-1 against them at Carlton and they 
came back and they scored two late goals against us. But um, uh, I believe we tied them in a late minute goal last year at TD Place, and then another. I think we tied them on the, with another late goal of Ryan Richter in San Antonio. So there's you know there's two games we should, probably should have tied, maybe should have won one. We always play them tough. Uh, Alan Marcina, Canadian coach, uh, usually gets the best out of his guys down there. I do like their little uh, coffee shop or. They have a convenience store. Convenience store. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still think someone should, if one of the Fury players is listening to this, and you guys, if you score a goal, you should have it set up that you run into the convenience store, and there's like a Slurpee waiting for you, and you come out with a Slurpee. That is worth a yellow card mm-hmm. right there. I'll give you a toonie for that. <laughs> You'll be everyone's favorite player. Yeah, so one player we really need to watch out is Omar Cummings. He's got five goals, which makes him the top goal scorer of the NASL right now um, so don't let him score on you I guess <laughs> yeah he's, he's he was deadly and he was deadly last week and he's he's just one of those players you know and in in, that's consistent and is is doing some damage um, the game if you cannot if a stream is not up live and you're you know, outside the Ottawa market you're not watching on Rogers um, look for feeds. We were talking about this earlier. Look for feeds from the States. There'll be lots of feeds available uh, because it's on like a major channel. I just realized this one San Antonio player has scored the equal amount of goals that Ottawa Fury has. Yeah, you know, the FC Edmonton <laughs> fans like to make that joke too about Lance Lang. And then I always just reply, well, we didn't let 16 in. Yeah. Like we're... We've only scored five goals in the spring season, and we're sitting at negative three, the same as Edmonton. Although we did let six in against Edmonton. <laughs> yes, but those were non-league games. <laughs> yeah. Damn you and your devil's advocate. Yeah, well, we did only let in eight goals in nine games, which is great and makes us the, the lowest conceding team in the league, as mentioned before. It's great how things have changed, Second. though. Hmm? New York's conceded less than yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So... It's New York, so yeah. Um, it's great how things have changed. Like, at, early on, we're letting in goals left, right, and center as a nightmare, and now we're like the tightest team defensively. I expect the exact same kind of game in San Antonio, but hopefully with a goal or two. Yeah, I mean we're still creating chances. We're just not not putting them away. So, you know. Yeah. Maybe we could bring that one guy in during the summer to help that out. His name will be Jesus, and he'll score all the goals. But um, <laughs> Dos Santos said he was looking for a player. Did he catch that at the, the last week? Yeah, he very clearly plays? said in the post game that this is an area we need to see improvement and that they're looking for a striker. Yeah, and, he's, and then he was, asked, he was asked, do you have someone in mind? And he just smiled and said, yes. <laughs> and that was it. So let's hope that maybe that will come before next week. <laughs> no. I know. It's not Ibarra, right? Because he's going to Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. What time is the game and everything? It's on a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys, I'll buy you some time while you look it up. So they're gonna have a, the watch party as always at the Heart and Crown in Little Italy on Preston Street. So if you want to watch the game with a bunch of Fury fans, that's the place to be. And uh, that Saturday, will be at, Saturday. Night. Oh, Saturday. What time? Eight. 
Yeah. That's wow. That's a good time to be in a pub. Very good time. Well, one's not a good time to be in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> and next week's show will be brought to you live from which pub? Uh, probably uh, Heart, um, Heart and Crown on Preston. All right, yeah. <laughs> Better phone them first. So, thank you for joining us this week. I don't. I don't have anything else to add. No, I think we've arrived at the end of the program. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you know where to find us at Ottawa Fury on Twitter. Just search for Our Sister Fury on Facebook. And if you want to email us, it's Our Sister Fury Podcast at gmail.com. And feel free to rate us on iTunes. Um, that would be great. And see you next week. Toodles. Hottest players in the NASL. Adrian Can. Matt Pickens. Castillo. Andrew Wiedemann. Raul. Uh, Eric Hasley. Martin Senna. Sinisha Ubiparapovich. Raul. <laughs> Akira Fitzgerald. Brian Shriver. Albert Watson. Hanson Boakai. <laughs> Sorry.